for what I'm going to talk about. So the news story itself isn't the important part, but it is actually something that I have in a roundabout way dealt with. So this morning, a news story popped up in my sort of news feed collection thing uh, where Justin Bieber has challenged Tom Cruise to a fight, like a, a full-on MMA fight. The words he uses is in the octagon. So he's talking about like a no-holds-barred MMA battle. And... He basically says, if you don't do it, you're scared and you're a pussy and that kind of stuff. He uses very sort of macho language that uh, even I, as someone who is very imbued in a macho lifestyle, realizes that we're a bit beyond that now. The question that you have to ask is, why would Tom Cruise do it? Why would Tom Cruise agree to this fight? And it's something that I've had when people have challenged me to serious fights. And I always refuse. I, I have no desire to fight anyone unless they've joined a judo club and actually want to learn judo, that kind of thing. My understanding is that Justin Bieber is about 26, maybe 27. And the problem I have is when I look at him, I see a child. Like I've met lots of 26-year-olds who look like adults. Justin Bieber looks like he has just finished puberty. He looks like he is still in that sort of thin state where he hasn't finished growing and he hasn't filled out yet. So he's a naturally skinny dude. He probably works out a lot. He does his dancing and whatnot. Uh, I don't know. Tom Cruise is 56. He's established his career. He does his own stunts. That All that stuff's pretty famous. He's in pretty good shape. He's very good shape for a 56-year-old. I mean, the guy's got 10 years on me, and he looks younger than I do. And he takes off his shirt, and he looks better than I do. And now I'm just making myself sad. But think about the two-state scenario that is being proposed. So it would be Tom Cruise wins or Tom Cruise loses. So Tom Cruise comes in agrees to do an MMA fight with Justin Bieber and beats the living shit out of him. How does that benefit Tom Cruise? What does he get out of it? There is no glory in an adult beating up what looks like a child because that's the problem you actually have to get past is that Justin Bieber doesn't look like an adult. Two adults fighting, there would be some glory in actually beating the other person. But Justin Bieber looks like a kid and so going in and beating up a kid doesn't yield any sort of social glory in the long run. So if he goes in and wins, it's actually not that good for him because now he's maybe just a bully, an asshole, something like that. And the legions of fans of Justin Bieber now maybe don't want to see Tom Cruise movies or don't want to engage in anything that Tom Cruise has a part of. Well, that's good because he's into Scientology, so we don't want them to be into that. That would be just like an accidental benefit to the youth of America. And then there's going in and fighting Justin Bieber and losing. 
which would be worse. I mean, of the two options, it's the worst one, but they're both bad. So going in, fighting Justin Bieber and getting your ass beat by, again, what looks like a kid makes you look terrible. I could see that as honestly being close to career ending for Tom Cruise. Now, he's going to be fine. He's got enough money now. But if you look at it from Tom Cruise's point of view, there is no benefit to actually engaging in the fight. I would be interested to see if he actually responds to this at all. Because I actually think Tom Cruise is at a level in the entertainment industry where, yes, he's going to know who Justin Bieber is, but he's not going to care about Justin Bieber, Justin Bieber's opinion, or Justin Bieber's fans. So logically, there will be no response. And there are, of course, people trying to bait him. So Conor McGregor has posted that he would sponsor the fight. Now, the thing is, that's Conor McGregor just trying to up his brand. And again, he's punching upwards at that point. In the entertainment industry, Tom Cruise, there is actually a very good chance that he barely would know who Conor McGregor was. Conor, Conor McGregor became champion and did all the fights and stuff, and people heard about it, but that was actually now a year ago. Conor McGregor has now basically become irrelevant. Until he steps back into the ring... It's going to stay that way. So this is what I think he's fighting against. So he's gotten on Justin Bieber's camp and been like, yeah, let's make this fight happen, even though he has not taken the time to think all the way through the consequences. Tom Cruise will never agree to this fight. So bringing this back to when people have challenged me to fights, which I've talked about once or twice, I had the same thought process. I had someone challenge me to a fight. Now, everyone knows that I've been practicing judo my whole life, so they know that I am a skilled person in this martial art. That doesn't actually mean I would be a good street fighter or a good MMA fighter. I'm very aware of that. I would have to rely on the skills I have, the ones I've trained my whole life, and those would probably work, but I don't get smacked in the head very much, so I might not be able to take that. That might be my downfall. But if I win a fight against a challenger... Now it's just the guy who has tons of experience beating up some guy who doesn't. And if I lose a fight to the challenger, now I'm a guy with a lot of experience and that experience now has, becomes denigrated in some way because those skills didn't facilitate me winning the fight. So there is no actual positive win situation for me. And in a much greater scheme, there is no positive win scenario for Tom Cruise. So I would expect this to just die out. Tom Cruise is not going to respond to Justin Bieber at all, which wouldn't be a surprise. I mean, who would spend their time responding to Justin Bieber other than me? Because let's face it, I got nothing to do. If Justin Bieber wants to challenge me to a fight, I would absolutely take him on right away because I have nothing to lose in this situation. And I assume this would be a paid in some way. And I would get to fight Justin Bieber, which I would find really entertaining. But again, I have nothing on the line. Like I lose this podcast. There's actually... There would be no way I could lose listeners to this podcast by losing a fight to Justin Bieber. I would probably gain podcast listeners just because they want to know who is this weirdo who took on a fight with Justin Bieber. So that's something, when you look at these sort of internet challenges and scenarios and things where people are like taking it to this level where they actually want to get physical, it's something to consider what is the best win scenario for the person being challenged and once you've thought about that, it's actually pretty easy to guess whether or not they're going to take it on or even respond at all. Cora question, is there something the Hulk can't smash? Well, yes, there is. It's my heart. Cora question is, can people with high IQ sense each other? Now, the answer is no, because people don't sense each other. You can kind of sense when there's a human in the room, stuff like that. Uh, that part of the question is relevant because the answer is no. 
you could talk to someone and then glean whether or not they're intelligent or not, something like that, sure. The only reason I bring this up is because the answer I want to read to you in the most dramatic way possible because it is essentially 50 shades of gray for the brain. So the question, can people with high IQs sense each other? The answer by Josh Hill, yes, indeed. Often the two will recognize one another's intellect simultaneously and then their eyes will meet in mutual acknowledgement while others in the group remain oblivious to the silent exchange. Subjectively, it feels like the two of you are occupying a different realm to which the others don't have access. He says a couple other things about other people of equal or lower intelligence not being able to uh, understand what you're doing. Then he finishes off with, they may also, under certain circumstances, discuss IQ explicitly, but generally, only with one another for fear of hurting someone's feelings. And I mean, this is the problem with people thinking they're smart is they end up sounding like just morons. Another consistent Quora question. It's not just here. I've actually seen it on Reddit. I've seen it on a couple other places and it's, it's this weird power fantasy. So the question is, let's say I was in the Marine Corps boot camp, and the drill instructor invaded my personal space if I took a swing at them, what would happen? This is not the only time I've seen this question. I've seen this guy, I've seen guys say like, I've studied martial arts. If I joined the army and the, the drill instructor got too close to me, I think my natural instincts to take him out would take over and I'd beat him. There are so many assumptions there, first of all. Now, let's take it to the base that this situation actually happens. There is a base assumption that the person asking the question or making this statement could take the drill instructor. The drill instructors are not chosen by accident. They tend to be somewhat competent in their job. I'm not saying they could beat everyone in the world in hand-to-hand -hand combat, but I'm betting they're proficient. So you're not just gonna take a swing at a guy and expect it to go well. Now, I would also assume that drill instructors are not alone. They have other people around who help them, probably other instructors. And if you took a swing at them, I don't think you'd be fighting one guy. I think you'd be fighting multiple guys. And here's a very interesting thing to realize. It really doesn't matter how good you are. Once you get past two, three guys, you're done. Now, another thing I know, I have never joined the military, so I can't really speak as an authority. One of the things I do know that is drill instructors, if they get in your personal space, that doesn't matter because you don't have personal space anymore. You have joined the military. You've joined the army. You've, in this case, you've joined the Marines. They can get into your personal space because that's their space. That is the relationship that you have signed up for. Which takes me to the next question is, why did you join the army? Why did you join the Marines if you don't want people invading your personal space and telling you what to do? Because literally their job is to tell you what to do. And then you've probably heard of the same thing I have. I've seen it in TV and documentaries and stuff where in the military, this boot camp, the whole system is break you down and then build you up again. So you think you're going to be taking out the guys whose job it is to break you down. I think you are sorely mistaken in A, your abilities, and B, the situation you're in. Because I think the weird fantasy that's happening here is what you think would happen after you took a swing at a drill instructor. You would be 100% noted as a shit soldier. You would not be lauded as some amazing hero by everyone else. They'd be like, that is one of the worst soldiers. He was told what to do. And he actually took a swing at his boss. 
I would bet you could be charged with assault, maybe not in a criminal court, but I'm sure they have court martials for people who take swings at superior officers. That's kind of why that whole system was invented, so they could keep that internal. You would not be showing such ability and such proactiveness that they would make you into some kind of secret commando the next day. You wouldn't be like thrown in the cell, taken out of the cell secretly and put into some kind of special program. Because honestly, that is 100% movie logic. That doesn't happen in real life. That could only happen in a movie where they needed some guy who was going to be the hero of the common man. So he bucks authority. But the actual military does not appreciate people who buck authority. They want people who do what they're told. The more, you, the more effectively you do what you're told, the better you will be as a soldier in the military. What would happen is you would probably get your ass beat, maybe not by the, let's say you even connected with the drill instructor and knocked him out. There would be two or three other guys who would take you down right away. You'd probably be arrested and then you'd probably be drummed out of the military. So you would be, you would be forced to leave the military because you didn't have the discipline to succeed. And this is all coming from someone who's never been in the military. I have no experience, but I know there are enough systems in place to make sure this kind of dumb shit doesn't happen. Because you're not going to punch out the drill instructor and everyone goes, wow, that guy's so amazing. We should make him the drill instructor or we should put him in charge of the unit and then go off to some other country and Rambo our way through the undergrowth. So what would happen is you would be a failure. And that's the bit you don't want to accept or the bit you don't understand. You are a failure if that's how you behave in this situation. Would you rather be able to read minds or see the future? I get, like most of these questions, I actually have a bunch of questions I need to answer before I can even make a real consideration. If I can read minds, are languages instantly translatable? So if I tried to meet, so I live in Japan, I'm an English speaker, I live in Japan. If I tried to read the mind of a Japanese compatriot, can I understand it completely? If I go to another country, I go to India, and I try to read the mind of one of the people there, will the words be translated? Because we do tend to think in words. Now, if you change it to some sort of empathy, where I can understand their feelings and stuff, that might actually be more useful if I can't understand their words. But if I can only read the minds of English speakers because everything else is in a language I don't understand, then unless I live in an English-speaking country, it's not particularly valuable. And that comes with a caveat for me as to whether or not I can turn it off. If it's voluntary, that's a very useful skill. But if I am bombarded by other people's thoughts all the time, which is one of the things they put in comic books, the people who can read minds, they have to find a way to block out all those voices. That's an important part of the skill. If I'm able to turn it off or turn it on whenever I want, that's a very, very useful skill. But for me, I think the value would come from being able to read anybody's mind. And even more important, if I could read the mind of people whose language I do not speak. Living in Japan, I actually run into this problem where I sometimes understand a lot of the words they're saying, but I don't understand the feeling behind those words. I don't really know what to do. Maybe it's a cultural issue. Maybe I don't have the vocabulary to understand them. But I have had conversations where I, by the end of the conversation, understood clearly that I didn't really have a sense of what was going on. 
I don't know if that person's angry or happy or how they feel or do they want me to uh, talk to them more? Do they want me to go away? Because I'm missing a lot of cues. So reading minds in those situations, getting a deeper understanding of their wants and needs would be really useful because then I could either, I would have the choice. I could either provide them for them or I could extract myself from that situation. The alternative is see the future. Now, the question then is actually about determinism. Is the future set or is the future changeable? If I can see the future and adapt my actions to be successful, then that is a useful skill. If I see the future and there's nothing I can do about it, then it's almost pointless. Because there is a character, it's one of my favorite ironic stories from Greek history. I think it's Greek. It's Persephone. So the gods wanted to reward her. So they gave her the ability to see people's futures and tell them about them. But one, I think it was Hera, got jealous of how beautiful she was. So she made it so that no one would believe the future she predicts. So she spends the rest of her life going around telling people about the horrible things that are going to happen to them in their future, and no one believes her. But that actually means that the future isn't changeable, so them knowing or not knowing no longer matters. So if I can see the future, if I can see an outcome of an action, and then I can decide to alter that action and then see the new result, so I can basically pick my best future, or I can pick the best options for whatever result I want, then seeing the future in that case is incredibly useful and valuable. If I can see the future and I can't do anything about it, knowing something that's going to happen that you can have no impact on is actually kind of useless. So I could tell people, you're going to die next week. And then, well, what can I do about it? Well, nothing, because you're going to die next week. Oh, he's going to win the lottery and I'm going to die destitute. I can't do anything. I can't take his numbers for the lottery. I can't do anything to make my life better. I can see that Bitcoin is going to skyrocket. I can't make any actions to, to capitalize on that. Then seeing the future would actually seem to be more frustrating than actually useful. So for seeing the future to be a skill, I have to be able to impact the future. To read minds to be useful, I would need to be able to understand people whose actual language I maybe don't speak. But of the two, if I could turn it off, I would choose read minds. If I could have an impact on the destiny of myself and the people I know, then I would choose see the future. As a follow-up to the would you rather question last week of the would you rather eat poop-flavored ice cream or ice cream-flavored poop, uh, got a message from Guy who said he would choose the poop-flavored ice cream since there is now a variety of poop that tastes like ice cream. I don't know if he means that factually, so I'm a little confused. I'm going to have to actually get some follow-up. This was one of two messages sent to me by a guy um, who, who apparently thought it was important for me to fill out some of my very weak research, which is great. I mean, it is good to have people correct me. I know it sounds weird, but I actually enjoy the corrections. The corrections are a big deal. Um, Hello, Peter. Twice now I've heard you admonish yourself for saying Kruger-Dunning instead of Dunning-Kruger, as the effect is widely known. So I have come to your defense. This does not happen very often, which is why I'm so excited about it. The original paper gives Kruger top billing. Only since has the name order been switched when referencing the effect, perhaps because the world is not willing to give due credit to a lowly grad student. 
I suggest you go back to saying Kruger Dunning so now you can counter well actually people that try to well actually you. Love always, Guy. I love you too, Guy. Thanks, man. So now I think I actually know what happened because I read psych papers. Like I actually read that stuff for fun. I go back and find this. So when an article mentions something like the example is the term that like people don't like the word moist. When I read that, I go back and find the study they're referencing and I read that study. If they talk about a psychological effect, I'll go back and try to read the original paper from where that came from to see if I understand, if I can understand the paper, what the actual effects they're talking about and all the details they would leave out of a newspaper article. Because I get, it's not that they want, they want to misinform you, but they want headlines, they want things that grab your attention. So sometimes they leave bits out. So I don't think that's intentionally disinformation, but I think they are leaving stuff out on purpose. So now I think what probably happened was I read the original paper and read the original name and then started attributing the Kruger-Dunning effect because it was actually Kruger-Dunning on the original paper. But when I was corrected, I didn't argue it because yes, uh, Austin, who sent in the correction, was correct. Most people say Dunning-Kruger and that's the way the effect is called now. So since I naturally say Kruger-Dunning, because it just sounds more natural to me now because I've said it for so long, I'm going to keep saying that. But I do want to give credit to Austin for being correct, and I want to give credit for Guy for being correct, because this is one of those neat things in the world. We can all be correct at the same time and love each other, and thank you very much. The Loss of Podcast. The Loss of Podcast. Hey, sexy friend. He's making me his bitch. Thank you for listening. If you have questions or comments, you can tweet at VelociPeter or email VelociPodcast at gmail.com. You can find the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Acast or go to VelociPeter.com slash podcast. So if I'm, a- <clears throat> if I'm able to 